Hi, Kelly Cunningham Sipos here with my podcast, My Child Left Home for Heaven. This podcast is devoted to discussions on how to find joy through the darkest days a parent could face, the loss of their child. Join me as we dive into conversations on grief that many would avoid, but that myself as a grieving mother feel we need to discuss and share together to be able to heal and find joy again in this life. Welcome. If you are here and new to us, welcome. I am sorry if you have lost your child, but you are at the right place. We are here to help you get through this journey and trying to help you find joy along the way. If you are a friend or a family member or a parent trying to get your loved ones to understand what you are going through, you have listened in on the perfect podcast today. Today I will chat with Lisa Bain. She is author and public speaker on grief. She has written a free resource called The ABCs of Grief Support, 26 Steps to Help a Loved One After Loss, as well as another popular book, Journey to Healing, A Mother's Guide to Navigating Child Loss. I am pleased to welcome Lisa to our show. Hello, Lisa. Hi, Kelly. Good to see you. All right. For any of you who don't know our story here, we have attempted to record this podcast beyond multiple times and are happy that we finally got it together and we actually are getting to see each other in person. Um, So it's nice. We get to see each other's faces, but you just hear our voices. So um, I have no makeup on. It looks like she's cheating and does, though. Oh, no, not much. All right, Lisa, why don't we just go ahead and start out with um, you sharing your story of your loss and and what made you write um, the book and the resource that you're offering to um, people for free. For sure. Um, We lost our 17-year-old daughter just over four and a half years ago in a car accident. It was a regular Tuesday night in December, and she was heading out to do some errands. And she never came home. Instead, we got a knock on the door from a police officer and the coroner who said what every parent dreams that they will never have to hear. It's our worst nightmare. And um, that, that is our nightmare. So we've been on this path for, for several years now, and it's been challenging on, on every level. And I found a certain amount of comfort in writing. And sometimes I use my journal just to dump, just to get all those angry feelings out so that I didn't take them out on other people. Sometimes I wrote poems, sometimes I wrote short stories, but healing was very cathartic for me. And then I felt like I really wanted to do something for other people. I found that that doing that was very healing for myself. So I started looking back in my journals and I thought, you know what? I would really like to share what has helped me on my journey. So that's how my book really came to be. And it was published last May. And at the time of the book launch, I also wanted to do something for the friends and family of the bereaved. Because it's one thing to write a book for mothers in particular, but parents who've lost a child. But there are so many people around us that, are walking on eggshells that want to help us so badly, but they're scared. Sometimes they do or say the wrong thing. 
So I wanted to create a resource for them just to make it easier to support us after a loss. Well, two things that you just commented on, and I know one that I just want to bring up that I've just thought about and I haven't thought about in the past when we spoke. Do you recommend journaling? Um, I've just started doing it and I'm finding it extremely therapeutic. So do you really recommend that to us as grieving moms? I'm going to say it's very individual. Some people just get frustrated by it. Um, I have found it very helpful and I know other moms have too. I think we put too much expectations on our shoulders. Um, you know, like I say, if you went through, especially my beginning journal, some pages you just see scribbling. In fact, I scribbled so hard I went right through the paper, but it was an outlet for me. Um, some days I drew pictures and do, did different things, but I had no expectations of myself. And I think that's really uh, the key. And if you're really stuck, there's some really good journal prompts out there too, but it is a very healthy way to deal with our grief. Okay, I know I'm attempting uh, scrapbooking, putting together a scrapbook for my children when they were little and mm -hmm. have them up to, Emily is like up to 10 years of age. And uh, I'm thinking of now taking all the pictures that I have from her for the past like 10 years and going backwards now and just doing, you know, I think that will be very therapeutic for me. So like you said, we each have our, our each our own individual um, things that work, but I know I, I've talked to you several times about journaling and I've been reading that mm -hmm. a lot. So I've tried to start doing that um, a little mm -hmm. bit, seeing if it would help. Um, Let's just dive in. I mean, what we're going to talk about today, everyone, is uh, mainly here the, the, the free resource that she's written for all of you, um, the ABCs of Grief. And we're going to talk. We don't have time to go through all of them. And um, she's going to give her information here at the end. So you can go to Lisa's website and you can download this free resource yourself and look over it, print it out. I wish I would have had it. Um, two years ago this July when my daughter passed away because I could have probably printed it out and handed it to everybody in the line at the church so that they would better understand me. So this is a wonderful resource. I, I think no matter where you are in your um, grieving process. But the first one I'm gonna start with is just D. And uh, she says in D, she goes through, it's great, each letter of the alphabet. And then Lisa has a different saying that the guess right way to say it, I guess, or what's the proper term there, Lisa, that you have for after each letter? Phrase? Just, just, yeah, just a short phrase describing what that what that is. Okay. Yeah. So for my vocabulary sometimes goes at 58 in and out the ears here in two seconds. Um, do talk about the person that passed away. Talking about someone's loved one is music to their ears. Our greatest fear is that our loved ones will be forgotten. Include them in your conversations. Don't be afraid to ask questions. However, there are circumstances that the bereaved may not want to discuss. Please be respectful. And I've talked about this, I think on my very first podcast, I talked about this, how I love speaking with NOPE, the Narcotics Intervention Program at the schools, because I get to say my daughter's name, Emily, over and over and over again that day. And it is music to our ears. And unfortunately, people don't know if they should say our child's name in front of us or not. But um, in our past talking, um, I think we bring this up on this one. Um, you have a story about uh, something that happened to you in the grocery line. Wasn't the grocery line? I honestly can't remember where it was. Okay. But um, I guess, and this is where people get afraid of coming and saying things to us because unfortunately, 
we have to remember that those are there are those of them out there that are going to say things that we cringe and would probably like to slap them for and mm -hmm. we don't um tell your little story sure um i can't remember where i was i wish i would it would give more context to the story but uh it was just in the weeks and maybe months after we had lost katie and, and my grief was very raw and uh, a woman that i actually know fairly well said to me oh lisa i know exactly how you're feeling and i thought for a moment oh my goodness, you too have lost a child and I didn't know and I felt really awful for her. But then she added, my dog died two weeks ago and I just, I remember just sucking in a breath. I, I didn't say anything to her, but I'm sure the look on my face said it all. But I just thought, no, no, child loss and pet loss as much as I love my pet, not the same. But I, I do remember, um, the minister who officiated Katie's service, and he was a very, very smart man. And he said to me, you know what, people are always going to say stupid things to you. Uh, and he gave me several examples. And so I was kind of prepared for it, if that makes any sense. Yes. And, and his, his reasoning was, he said, you know, A, people want to say something, they feel the need to say something, and they're trying to relate to you to say you're not alone but sometimes they miss the mark, which is the whole point why I wrote this resource for our friends and families. To and the whole reason, I wish I would have had it because our pastor, when he met with us to plan Emily's funeral, the first thing he told me is pray right now and forgive everybody and what they're going to say to you the day of the funeral because That's they don't know what to say. And that sticks in my head still today with people that don't know what to say. And that actually leads us into the next one. So I had you tell that story because it kind of ties into with F, which is familiarize yourself with loss and the myths of grief. Look for books that have been published in the last few years. Um, and it, I think it's important the last few years because the world today and the way we handle grief is a lot different than it has been in the past. Mm -hmm. So I like where you put in the last few years. Check out grief pages on Facebook. There are thousands of them, women and, uh, and dads out there, moms and dads. If you haven't found them, there's just thousands of them. Talk to people who have suffered loss. Don't make assumptions. Grief doesn't ever go away and no one magically recovers. It stays a part of the bereaved person's life forever. Be aware of the cliches, like, you know, um, they're in a better place. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it was God's will, you know, all those different ones. I know they are amongst the most hurtful things the bereaved have to deal with. And as much as, you know, and I've caught myself in years past saying things, I've never had a friend who lost a child. I had a friend who lost a baby, but, um, I know those of my, unfortunately I've had a friend since I've lost my, my daughter that I've gone through her and her grief with and handled, of course, the situation completely different. So, um, on that one there, any other words you want to add in? Um, you know, I think I write this in my book too, and, and we can we can question ourselves. I mean, even now, me as a bereaved mom, you know, you'd think that I have all the answers that I would know to say the right things, but I still check in with myself a little bit when I'm going to say something to somebody who's suffered a loss or do something. And um, I think the point is that we just need to do or say something. 
And sometimes the best words or the best thing you can start off by saying is, I don't know what to do or say, but know that I love and support you and I'm here for you. Exactly. You know, know, and I I think too, I've learned to give grace because I think back prior to losing Katie and I am quite sure that I was that person that said stupid things. We all have been. Right. Because I didn't know. You don't know what you don't know. And, you know, I wouldn't wish this this journey on anybody. So when I, I have people telling me that, you know, my loss is like their dog's loss or they're losing their dog or some of these other scenarios, I just try and take a deep breath and think they don't know. That's the fact of the matter. No, and I've said in every every podcast, I mean, I lost my father to suicide and my sister um, shortly after him to a pulmonary embolism. So it was immediate and I mean, grieved them um, terribly, especially my sister. I mean, my sister was my best friend and um, it nothing compares to a child. I mean, this is a daily a daily journey and a daily battle and a daily struggle that we have to deal with. And I think a lot of moms out there put too much on themselves that, you know, they've got to get moving, put a smile on their face and continue with life. No, this is this is the way we're going to live the rest of our lives. That leads us in really to the one that I'm not in order right now. My pages got kind of mixed up, but uh, a big one that I especially with my friend now going through with another friend and notice when they are struggling and ask how you can help. It becomes Mm -hmm. routine for a grieving person to say they are okay, even when they are not. When this happens, gently prod your friend for the truth and let them know you are willing to listen, you are concerned, and it's okay to feel this way. Absolutely. Um, I think you're right. We, as a society, we're trained, you know, to say, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. And when we, when somebody reaches out, I think, no matter what they say, but when they truly reach out from their heart, they're saying that we matter and that our feelings matter. Yes. And, you know, there really is no other greater gift. And I think I've mentioned this before. Like you say, we've tried to do this recording so many times. I can't remember what I've said. <laughs> but um, One of my friends, actually, she struggled in knowing what to say, but she would just send me emojis sometimes, you know, a heart Aww. emoji. Or, or, you know, uh, just a concerned face or, you know, sending love, something like that, that just let me know that she was thinking about me and that I didn't feel quite so lonely. I get little prayer emojis, the little hands prayer emojis from mm-hmm. friends someday. And it just comforts me because I know they're praying for me all the time. Mm-hmm. But I know that in that moment that they sent that text. I was on their heart, you know, it's, it'll be two years next month since Emily's been gone. And I'm just so grateful that two years and and those friends are still there, you know, not many of them, but a few that just kind of give you that, you know what, thank you. I'm, I can get through today, you know, so um, friends, that's again, a perfect way of reaching out. And you never know that that may be a moment that that mother or father or sister or brother of the, of the you know, the lost one, uh, maybe really having a rough time that day and it's coming at a perfect time. Um, including the bereaved, invite them out. This is letter I invite them to any events that are happening. Let them know that you are thinking of them, but be prepared. They may say no, knowing they are being thought of is not avoiding is 
I'm sorry, being thought of and not avoided is comforting. Sometimes the bereaved are left out off of invitation lists at an already lonely time. Include them in all the things that you would have before. Now we're not always gonna say yes to them, as we both know, and every mother out there and father knows that, but answer on that. Well, and, and I think that's exactly right. Um, we like to know that you're still thinking about us and that you're not thinking, oh gosh, you know, we don't wanna have um, Lisa at the barbecue because, oh gosh, she's, you know, it's gonna be too sad. We want, we, we want to be included and it might take us 50 invitations to say yes, but we will, you know, and, and it's just important, I think, for our supporters just to keep trying gently um, yes. to be understanding when we say no, but that we really, really appreciate the inclusion because grief is probably the loneliest thing. Yes. I, I have never in my life felt more isolated um, even in a room of 50 people, just felt isolated and lonely. Yes. And then when your friends quit inviting you out for coffee or including you in, you know, the neighborhood get togethers or what have you. It just is so much worse. And I think an important thing is, too, for those who do start venturing out, don't to put don't put too big of expectations on yourself. I mean, um, I went back to work two weeks after. Uh, my daughter had passed and I teach uh, handicapped children equine therapy. So luckily all of my clients have been with me for years and the, the, the parents are, were very understanding, but I had a couple moments that I had to walk away. Um, mm -hmm. Mother's day, just this last mother's day, trying to cook dinner in my kitchen in front of, you know, I had all of my children here, but Emily, it got mm -hmm. loud and I just had a meltdown and started crying. It's okay. It, you know, I, I many a times on places at gatherings, we had to go to a wedding shortly after. You walk away, you wipe your tears, go sit in your car if you have to, and cry, and yeah. come back. So don't be hard on yourselves if you do start trying to get out, and things happen. I think that's something that everybody makes the mistake of too. Then they're like, "Oh, see, I'm not ready to go back out." Do you feel that way also? Oh, for sure. I mean, like I say, it's been four and a half years and I have to say, um, Katie's birthday was just this past last week, Monday. And, um, man, just totally got broadsided on that one and just was working on completely different things. And the tears were just flowing. You know, I wasn't even necessarily thinking specifically of her, but clearly in my body, I just knew, you know, and I was just missing her so bad. Now, I think the, the time that's gone by, I've realized that this, this is Lisa's life. Like this, this is my normal. This is, and I'm okay right. with that. I've made peace that I'm going to be up and down and I'm going to have okay days and I'm going to have really crummy days. Um, so you know, and I've, I've, I guess from experience too, every time I fall, I've been able to get up. So I have that, that knowledge that I will survive because I have survived this long. But when you're in the beginning days, months, even that first year, you're right. You question yourself on everything. You think, yes. can I go back to work? 
because I had a, you know, I, I ended up running to the washroom to, you know, spend half an hour in there. Maybe I'm not. Unfortunately, that's our journey. And I think that's where moms kind of get so hard on themselves, unfortunately. And I feel, I feel really bad about that. I watch that, you know, I'm sure I know you do too, because I see your comments on there. And um, there's another mom that I, I won't say her name, that's, that's on quite a bit of them. And there's quite a few of us that watch a lot of them. Um, I was scared the other day, there was actually a mom on there that was threatening suicide. And, um, you know, a lot of us were trying to explain to her, you know, no, and, and I jumped in on it. Um, it's just, I guess what you said is perfect. And I never thought of it that way because my sister-in-law just said yesterday, I don't know how you've done this, Kelly. We're going up to Ohio for Christmas, which is home for me 37 mm -hmm. years ago. And it will be the first time since my, my Emily has passed. And the first time I've seen my mother-in-law since my daughter has passed. And my sister-in-law had mentioned that. And I said, mm -hmm. you know what? If you had told me five years ago or three years ago, this was going to be my life, I would have said no. You'd be burying me right alongside of her. But no, we do get up. And yes, we have bad days, but we know we can make it through those bad moments because we do have days that we laugh and we smile and they're good days. And I cherish the good days, cherish the memories. And if I got to spend a day in my room tucked under my covers in my bathrobe, so be it. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Don't put pressure on yourselves, mom. That really ties in beautifully. I mean, this is, we're just kind of, kind of like going right down the line with these. It ties into the next one. Respect the timelines of the bereaved. Every person is different and needs to take things at their own pace. I'm, I'm almost two years. You're four and a half years. I have friends that are six and seven years, 10 years, 30 years, one year. You know, we're all at different stages. But all grief is challenging. Each relationship and situation is unique. If you have not suffered the same kind of loss, please do not say, I know what you are going through. Instead, words like, I'm so very sorry, we are thinking of you and want to support you in any way that you need are best. Then follow through with helpful actions, like we've already talked about. Healing happens on their timeline, not ours. So just because a friend lost their child four or five years ago and they pop into your head, doesn't mean don't send them that cute little emoji, right? Mm -hmm. For sure. And um, I think the biggest thing that, that our supporters, our friends, family need to know is probably the biggest thing is there is no end point to grief. Exactly. Um, my grief will be a part of me in every cell of my body until the day that I die. Exactly. And, and to expect people to get over any kind of loss like this is just a very, very hurtful thing to say or even assume. And I don't know if you've seen that on the Facebook pages where people are saying that, that, that their, fa their family members or friends are actually saying, oh, come on, it's been a year. Or, come on, it's been two years. Get over it. And I'm just horrified every time I see a mother posting that. I'm like, you, you know, I'm sending hugs and, and kisses. You know, I, you know, do my little emojis to them and that back because that is the most hurtful thing you can say to a grieving mother or father. The most hurtful thing. Absolutely. It's just like saying, well, haven't you forgotten them yet? Well, yes. no, I will never ever forget Katie. Katie is, you know, still a part of my family, clearly in a, in a different way. Right. Um, but it, it just, 
again, you know, if people haven't been through it, they don't understand it. I guess we have to cut them a little slack, but yeah, it's frustrating. That's why it's so wonderful. We all have each other. And now in today's technology, we have podcasts like this. We have books. We have social media the way we do to be able. I can't imagine. Think of our ancestors years ago or even back to biblical times when women lost 20, you know, could lose 20 kids. You know, I mean, and had and didn't have the the help and support like we do. The one that I normally was going to speak on. But then when COVID-19 came up, kind of dropped that one was uh, hugs are always appropriate after the loss. But we'll drop that one for now during the COVID-19. If they ever get that figured out and what it really is and if we shouldn't be hugging. I know I am a hugger and I've told people you don't have to say anything to me. Just come and hug me because I will take a hug in a second. So um, sure. yeah, I think that, that that's a safe one. After COVID-19 scare that we're all good on. The last one I'm gonna really wrap up with, and then I, I do want you to talk about your book for a second. We're gonna wrap it up here, is um, praying for the bereaved ones and their loved ones. Ask God to hold the grieving family in his heart and to support them on this awful journey. Ask that they know how much they are loved and request that that burden is lightened in time. Pray that God helps your friend find their footing after their loss. It may not seem like a big deal to you, but it can be such a gift to hear that someone is praying for you. You can pray for the deceased as well. Pray that they are now at peace and that they have joined their loved ones. And I look back at the day of my Emily's funeral Mm -hmm. and I made it through my dad's. I made it through my um, sisters. I spoke at both of those. My daughter spoke at my second daughter, Olivia spoke at Emily's, but I had to stand in that line by her casket, welcoming 300 people down in and wiping tears off their faces, which seemed very strange that I was comforting them at that time and had so many people afterwards, or just really in the last year have the guts, I guess, or the, the confidence to ask me, Kelly, you're just so strong. How did you do that? And I tell them that was not me. I know for a fact that was not me. Uh, When we were following, walking behind the casket, walking out, you know, I turned to my husband and said, I can't walk. And he was like, yes, you can. And I have told everyone who couldn't attend the service and said, we're praying for your family. You know, sorry, we can't be there. I'm telling you, I know for a fact, the only thing that got me through that week of planning her funeral Mm -hmm. has got me through the day of her funeral and has got me through all the days since then is the power Mm -hmm. of prayer. And I don't think our friends understand. We as the moms feel that, that we feel that power of prayer to God and and them reaching out to him on our behalf. Well, and here's a, a funny story. Um, prior to losing Katie, I wasn't a terribly religious person. I was always deeply spiritual and, and, you know, not that I was a non-believer, but just, it wasn't a powerful thing in my life. And when people said that they were praying for Katie, praying for her brother, praying for us, I can't tell you what that meant to me. Yes. And I was just really taken aback by it myself because I would never have guessed that I would have felt that strongly about those words but it 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 carried me through some of my darkest darkest times again it might have just been a note or an email or a quick you know uh voice message on my machine saying you know just thinking about you and and praying for you and your family and 
Yeah. No, I know. I, 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 I hope if any moms, you know, don't, don't realize that that is that, that strong power there. I hope you will accept it if your friends are saying that they are praying for you and know that God is there to always talk to you too, that you don't have to sit. Anybody that sits thinks they have to sit with their hands folded in a church in a you know chapel somewhere and pray. No, I pray without ceasing. As the Bible says all day long, I am in a conversation to God. And when a thought comes in, whoop, I shoot it up to him. If somebody pops on my mind, all of a sudden, I shoot it up to him. So um, sorry, everyone. Again, my dogs, I thought I had them locked up and they always show up in the background in these like they want to get on air or something here. Um, so uh, that's that's a big one. Anyone has any questions on that, um, you know, or on faith or on God, please feel free to email me. We'll go over all the information at the end of the show and, uh, you know, the power of prayer. Tell us about your book before we start wrapping it up here. Interestingly enough, perfect lead in. It just seems like this is this has just been going along so nicely today. Um, I do have a chapter in my book called Nurturing Your Soul, and it is uh, partly about prayer and the power of prayer and and how Excellent. we can talk to God and, and start those conversations. And you're right. We don't have to be in a particular place at a particular time. Um, but my book really came about um, because I found writing so cathartic, as I mentioned. And writing just has really become something that I do all the time. And interestingly enough, um, I really feel like my daughter in heaven helped co-author this book. I know that sounds absolutely nutty. But no, I'm sure I she did. There were parts of this book that I would go back when I was editing and I would read a section. And I would think, wow, like, wow, that I couldn't possibly have written that. And um I feel so strongly that she co-authored this book that I actually used her initial in my pen name, Lisa K. Bame. My middle name is not K. That's right. I that forgot to bring that up. Um, but the, the the book called Journey to Healing, I, I found I liked uh, looking for resources after Katie died. And I was really stuck to find a helpful book that wasn't written by a professional that hadn't gone through child loss and no disrespect to any of them, but, um, I, I just think it's different. And it is. I, I really wanted to find, I'm a doer. I like to, to do things to help myself. And I wanted somebody just to tell me, what can I do? So I went back in my journals and I kind of pulled out all the things that I had been doing that that I felt helped me and that hopefully would help other moms. So in my book, there's actually over 101 actionable um, things that, that moms can do for themselves. And I've also included anecdotes and experiences from 31 other mothers, just so people can get, um, you know, different, different other perspectives. That kind of thing. Well, it's funny, you just brought that up and I know that's what you brought up in the beginning and I forgot to, I, it was, I said it was the second thing we talked about the journaling. And the second thing was you had said in the beginning, and I couldn't remember then when I was talking, and it was helping others. And that is mm -hmm. the entire reason I started this Facebook or this podcast and started the global memorial Facebook page that I have is as hard as it is to post those pictures on that page each day. Um, and look at all these pictures of these beautiful children that have been lost. I feel like I'm helping others. And by doing this podcast, when you're helping others, sometimes your problems 
and your hurt doesn't seem as big. And I don't know if you feel the same way is you just feel like, let's take something that's been tragic and horrific in our life and turn it around and use it for something good to be able to help others. Well, and just to add on to that, I find helping is very healing. Like it, it yes. really does make my heart feel better. And I feel like I'm honoring my daughter by doing something for somebody exactly. else. That's why Emily is on my, my little Facebook thing. Emily is on everything I do with this. I guess maybe I her and I do share the same middle name. She was Emily Brown Seapost and I'm Emily, or I'm Emily, I'm Kelly Brown Cunningham Seapost. And on my tombstone, which is already engraved next to hers, they informed me they couldn't put all four names. I had to drop one of them. So I had that connection of her and I sharing the same actual you know, my, my middle name before I got married and my husband reminded me the maiden name is what's supposed to be in there. So after a long battle with the, um, cemetery, we ended up with Kelly Cunningham Seapost on my marker, but I'm like that Brown connected, uh, Emily and I, so I understand you wanting to change your middle initial to K. It's funny yeah. how each of us finds something that, that we do, um, that connects us to our, to our daughters. I wear on a ring, my daughter's fingerprint. And that's, mm -hmm. I just carry that with me all day long and that keeps her with me. So, all right, let's share your information where people can go to get this wonderful free resource and be able to um, either purchase your book through Amazon or they can download it on their Kindle um, either way and get it read or to get in contact with you if they'd like you mm -hmm. to come speak somewhere or find mm -hmm. out about the other books that you've written. Well, so far, no other books are written, but I can certainly give you the information on what You're I have. You're going to write another one. <laughs> I probably will. I probably will. Um, but if, if you or your loved one would like to download the ABCs of Grief Support, 26 Steps to Help a Loved One After Loss, you can go to my website, which is www.lisak. B as in Bob, O-E-H-M.com. And you will find a resources tab. And there's actually, I think there's currently five free downloadable resources. So, you know, oh, there's wonderful. even, yeah, there's uh, actually a document on there about honoring your child. And, you know, if you've got birthdays and things coming up and you want to do something special, uh, this grief support resources on there. Plus there's all kinds of um, blogs and, and all of that. And if you're interested in reading my book, you can get that on Amazon. And I always tell people the easiest way to find it on Amazon is actually to go to Amazon Books and then put my name right in the search bar. And so that's Lisa K. Bame, and it'll take you right to my book. And as you know, Amazon's got that cool little function on it. I think it's called Take a Peek. And you can actually read, um, I think, about the first three or four chapters of my book yes. online to really get an idea of what my book is about. So I know when you're spending money on a book, it's always nice to feel like you, you know, you know what you're going to get kind of thing. And uh, as Kelly mentioned, you know, if you've got any comments on this podcast or, or something that you'd like to share or a question about anything we've talked about, you can send me an email at lisa at lisa k bame b-o-e-h-m dot com wonderful well i know after i get through the book i still want to have you back at some point and maybe go through and dissect your book a little bit 
And I actually am in the works right now. Um, this will be the first time for me to announce it of hoping to put together in three years a um, national bereavement, um, my child left home for heaven bereavement conference mm-hmm. here in uh, my churches in Largo, Florida, and has the capability of housing an event and working on being able to do it for free so that parents could come to it. Wow. We can do breakout sessions, have speakers. Mm-hmm. And they just have the cost of getting here. And I'm going to try to plan it in the winter for anybody that's up north so they can get a yeah. little break from the cold and come down here and enjoy our beautiful Florida winters. Um, all right. I want to remind all of you parents that we do have a global My Child Left Home for Heaven global memorial Facebook. And the link to it is on this podcast page. So if you're on uh, www.mychildlefthomeforheaven.org is all you have to do is click it and it takes you right over there. You will put your child's picture and information in. You won't see it post. I have to manually go back in. And please understand, I know some moms got impatient. I am a grieving mother also. And there's some weeks that it's very hard for me to go through all these children's pictures. So every now and then I do shut down and I have to take a break, especially on a day where I get like 50 of them and a lot of little babies. It just really starts um, hurting quite a bit. Um, Email me if you would like to be a speaker on this show or if you have any Thing, any thoughts between the conversation Lisa and I had here or questions or subjects or speakers you'd like me to have on next? I would gladly look into it. Our next episode in the email is uh, also my child left home for heaven at gmail.com. And I'm working on something really cool with t shirts, but we're going to hold that one off. I know uh, my nephew has to completely change my website because I'm growing faster than what we had kind of prepared to here. But uh, our next episode will be hopefully here in a couple of weeks. Again, it just depends on life between COVID-19, all the riots, and the way life is in the United States here right now. We don't know what's going on, so I will do my best to get one out in a couple of weeks. And it's actually going to be um, how shattered we become as we go through parts of grief. I will have a good friend of mine, Paula Evans, on. Her son um, dated my second daughter, Olivia. And he passed away five days before the one-year anniversary of my, uh, my daughter, Emily. So we will talk, as I know what I experienced as the shock and that surreal feeling that you go through in that first week of grief. Mm-hmm. You know, that when you're planning the funeral and just really, I think it was months, I, I, I think the fir- whole first year, just I really don't remember that. But I was less than a year and was at her house the night her son passed away. Mm-hmm. So I also have it from the perspective of sitting back and watching her and her struggling. And so that's what I thought it would be really cool to have uh, Paula come on. And um, she's coming up on her one year mark. And like I said, I mean, her son was at my house. Um, It was just a terrible time for us last year as we were burying um, beautiful Nick out at the same cemetery where my daughter Emily is at. So that's who our next guest is gonna be. So just a heads up, it will be probably a little bit emotional and we will be discussing um, the shock factor. And, And I know Lisa shared here how she found out you know, about um, her daughters. And I think that's a a knock on the door that I always expected with everything my daughter got into, 
You know, mine was a phone call. Each one of us have a different experience and a different way that we handle it. So um, again, thank you everyone for tuning in and listening. Share this with anyone that it can help. Please spread the word about Lisa's resources out there, especially the ABCs um, to your friends. And that um, very helpful for anyone who wants to support and help you. And I'm highly recommending that each of you um, look into her book, take that sneak peek on Amazon and take a look at her book. Um, I, I've got another book. I've read the few, first few chapters on the sneak peek. I've got a pile of books I'm getting through. I'm almost done. And that's why I told her I can't wait. I'm hoping next week is hopefully the week that I can finally set the time aside and read just her book and get through it. And then we may have Lisa back on here to talk about it. But I know I'm going to talk to her about her hopefully coming down to Florida for the um, conference we're having and uh, doing a breakout session or doing some speaking with it. So, uh, again, we thank everyone for tuning in. You want to say a final um, goodbye, Lisa? Thank you so much, Kelly, for having me. And for everybody that's listening, please take care of your hearts. I know it's really hard. Right now, my joy and my pleasure having you on, Lisa. Again, people don't know how many times we have tried to do this recording, and she has been beyond patient with my lack of technology and the problems I have had on this end. So we are. I have a feeling this um, podcast is going to touch someone because uh, we had such a struggle getting it done. So I'm praying, as always, for each and every one of you um, moms and fathers out there, sisters, brothers, everyone that's one of my top prayers every morning is for all of us who have lost a child and that has gone to heaven before us so thank you for joining us a big thank you again to lisa a shout out and a thank you to my nephew sean and roger for uh putting all this and editing everything for me and running my website and um we'll hopefully have another one up in a couple weeks so thank you and we'll see you soon <laughs>